James chapter 1 verse 21 let's read together it says therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls everyone say souls but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, everyone say liberty, and continues in it, and does not, uh, it, it, he is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I'd like to talk to you the next couple weeks about growing up. Growing up. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you just need to grow up. It is time, no matter, how, no matter how old you are in this room, it is time that we as Christians grow up. We need to grow up spiritually. Now, I want to I bring you back to my house this morning. We're at home this morning. One of the things I've learned, you know, I, I've been married for four years, but one of the things I've really learned from having a daughter is that girls are emotional. And you can lie and tell me you're not, but girls are emotional. Lily gets up this morning no one said anything to her, and she's crying. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? You know, she, you know what, I don't understand. She's like, I want Captain Crunch. So we give her Captain Crunch. Then she throws the bowl. I'm like, and she starts crying. I'm like, what is going on here? She's like, I want a Pop-Tart. I'm like, okay, fine, we'll give you a Pop-Tart. You know, I'm like, why am I doing this? She's the kid, I'm the adult. Why am I falling? Well, we've got to get ready for church. Whatever, who cares? So I give her the Pop-Tart. She throws the Pop-Tart. Now I'm thinking, you need a spanking. Daddy's had it, okay? So... <laughs> I, I, I'm like, okay, Kurt, you know, she's, just, she's upset. She's a girl for some reason. I cannot, she throws herself on the floor and she's crying. I'm like, Lord, you know how to work with this because I have no idea. I do not understand the female temperament at all. I just, it is like, whoosh, I have tried, I have studied, I have read books. And it is just, I am not, no, not on this earth am I ever going to fully understand why you could just wake up and just begin crying. I don't, I don't get it. So... I've, I've determined that that's just the way that that is. I'm just going to love her. And I said, you know what you need? You need a hug. And she starts crying again. I'm like, okay, you need love. Oh, she, I think that's what she needs. But anyway, so that, that's what's going on at my house this morning. Now, how would it be if, if we grow up and how would it be if, if 20 years from now, Lily's still doing that? It, it would be kind of annoying for her husband or, or us if she's still living at home at that point, right? You know, it would be really annoying. She's two now. If she's doing that at 22... She's going to have some serious problem with dad and her husband if, if, if she's not, you know, living at home. That would be annoying. Well, how many of you have a friend that just can't realize that you guys are a little bit older now? You, you, can you think of that friend that just won't grow up? They're just stuck and they still think you're like 10 or they still think you're like 8 years old. They're still acting like children. Can you, can you think? Look, you're all pointing at each other. Relax. Don't do that. <laughs> can't believe you guys incriminating each other right here. Is it annoying? Say yes by raising your hand. It's, it's annoying when they don't grow up, right? It's like, why will you just not grow up? Well, I think the same thing must be true for God. I know it is for Christians. When you, when you have somebody who's been saved for five years, 
and they still are doing something that a baby Christian will do. When you have somebody who's been saved for 15 years, and they're still acting the way that a baby Christian would, we need to grow up spiritually. It's time that we grow up spiritually. No one in this room looks the same way they did as they were a baby. No one in this room really acts the same way they did as they were a baby. Some of you temperamentally maybe, but you don't crawl around anymore. You walk on your two feet. You know, you've learned to brush your own hair and brush your teeth. Ladies, you've learned to put on makeup. You're, you're different. You're older now. Well, just as we grow up naturally and physically, we have to grow up spiritually. And the Word of God teaches this. It's so important. I want to study this morning from verse 21. Go back to verse 21. We're going to read this together. It says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness. Everyone say, meekness. The implanted word which is able to save your souls. Some of us may be in the baby state of our Christianity, which means you may have just recently got saved. We'll talk about what it means to be saved. We'll talk about what it means to be born again. But maybe you just have to come to the place at this point where you just accept God's word. James writes right here that if you just receive the word, the word is able to save your souls. We need to receive and accept God's word. I had to come to the place in my life where I said, if God's word says it, I believe it, period. If God's word says it, I accept it, period. I was meeting with uh, someone earlier this week, she's a teenager, about 15 years old, and I hear the same thing from teenagers all the way to adults. A lot of people, and this is exactly what this teenager said to me, she's like, you know, I believe that there's a God, but really I've got God on the sidelines of my life right now. And I said, okay, why is God on the sidelines? She's like, because I just think he's going to make me do something that I don't want to do. I think he's going to require too much of me. That's why I don't want to give him my heart. You see, we really have deceived ourselves, as the word says, and we really, really believe that we know better than God. Almost every one of us in this room, myself included, sometimes believes that we know better than God. But who created this life? Who created you? Yeah, whether or not you believe it, he created you. So he knows exactly how this life should be lived. So the first thing we need to learn to do is accept God's word. And as you begin to accept it, you have to believe it. But you can't just believe something. James says that in order to be able to believe it and have faith, you must be a doer. You need to, you need to act on the word. When I was a baby Christian, I just had to accept. If God says it, it's true. As I began to accept it in my life, I began to believe it. See, evolution is a, great, is a great idea because the world teaches us evolution. The world teaches us that we all came from a single-celled organism and tiny amoeba. Everything that you have ever seen that's been naturally created has spawned from one single-celled organism. Well, you go to the book of Genesis, the very first chapter, and you see that that is a direct contrast to what God has written in his word. You have an option here. Are you going to accept what you've been taught in school or are you going to accept the word? You will never grow in your Christianity if you don't just accept the word. That's the reason even some adults are still baby Christians. That's the reason why they're still dealing with the same issues because they haven't accepted the word. If God's word says it, I accept it. And as you begin to just accept the word, whether or not you feel like it, then you can start to believe that the word is true for you. And as, as you believe the word is true for you, 
you will begin to act on that word because in your heart, you're sold out to that word. This morning, I really want to focus on accepting, just accepting the word. Let's read this verse again, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and all overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. That word souls is a very interesting word there in our culture. Well, let me ask you, how would you define a soul? How do you define a soul? Okay, so a person with a soul is someone nice. How do we define, how would you define a soul? Some other definitions of a soul here. Okay, Michael? The identity and emotional sensor center of a human being. Okay, so a little textbook there. Anyone else? It's very interesting because in our culture, in Western society, which is what we live in, by the way, Western culture, we have grouped the spirit and the soul together. For you and I, many of us talk about the spirit and the soul as though they're interchangeable. But let me break this down for you. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you're living in a body. Let's walk this through. Follow me. You are a spirit. Let's stop right there. What you see when you look in the mirror, that's your body. It is not necessarily the real you. There's an inward spirit. Genesis 2 verse 7 says God literally breathed into mankind the breath of life. That breath of life is his spirit. You know that's what separates you from every other creature out there? Do you know that that's why evolution has to be wrong? Because you are not a monkey, because monkeys don't have spirits. Monkeys may have souls, we'll define souls in a second, but monkeys don't have spirits. You are the only part, the crown of God's creation. You're the only part of God's creation that at the end of his creation, he grabbed by the nostrils and breathed the breath of life, which is his spirit. You are a spirit being. You have a soul. Your soul can be understood as your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your soul can be understood and defined very simply as your mind, your intellect, your ability to rationalize and reason and think, your will, what draws you, and your emotions, your feelings. Many of us in our world today, we're more soul conscious, aren't we? We live by our minds, we live by our feelings, and we live by our will. Here's a phrase of our culture, is it, if it feels good, if it feels good, no, if it feels good, do it. Just do it. If it feels good, do it. We have become more soul conscious than we have spirit conscious. And the truth is, whatever you feed more is what's going to speak louder. But you are a spirit. And when you are born again, it's your spirit that is born again. That's why James writes here, receive the word with meekness. In other words, don't think you know better than God. If you receive the word with humility and meekness, it's able to save your soul. Not your spirit, because your spirit's already saved. The moment you're born again, the moment you give your life to the Lord, your spirit is revived. That man that God literally... Breathe into you. That spirit is revived on the inside. But the problem is, and many of you know this, you can get saved on Sunday, go home Sunday night, and fall into the same sin, right? Ever happen to anybody? Have an experience with God. Your spirit has connected with God. The problem 
Two things, always the problem. Your spirit is born again. When you are saved and born again, Jesus says you must be born once of the flesh. That's what all of us did. We came from a womb. Once of the flesh and once of the spirit. When you're born again, your spirit's born again. The problem lies with your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your body. You ever have, like, you go to, like, a conference, or, like, many of you have come to Acquire the Fire. Maybe you come to Berea. Maybe you've gone to, like, a Christian camp, and you've had, like, this amazing experience with God. And you're like, man, I, will le- I love you, God. I will never do anything to dishonor you. Like, a week later, like, you're falling into the same sin. Has that ever happened to anybody? If I could put every part of my body up, I would. It happens all the time. So I began to wonder, God, why is it that with my spirit I can be born again? Why is it that I feel like I'm connected to you and then I can go out and sin? And God reveals it right here in the breakdown of the soul and the body. Your soul and your body are not born again. Your soul and your body are not born again. When you are born again, your spirit is born again. Do you know that it's your responsibility to get the soul and your body under control? It's your responsibility to get your soul and your body under control. God has made your spirit born again, but you and I have the responsibility to make sure that our soul and our body lines up. Let me tell you something. We're talking about growing up spiritually. This is the reason why many Christians will live, be born again, and die baby Christians. It doesn't matter how physically old you are. I've met people in their 50s. Not that I would classify them as a baby Christian, but in accordance to the word, they're baby Christians because they're still falling into the same things and they think that that's who they are. But when you're born again, it's your spirit that's born again. You now have to take the power of the word of God and apply it to your lives. It's not like you just get born again, come to church, and all of a sudden life is good. No, you're still living in a fallen world. You're still living in a fallen body. You have to take the word of God and apply it to your life on a daily basis. I want to show you something here. Please open up your Bibles to the book of Romans. You can turn back to the left. Go to the book of Romans chapter 7, verse 15. So we've defined the soul as the mind, as the will, and as the emotions. The book of Romans is found just after the book of Acts in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. I want you to go to Romans chapter 7. I'd like you once you get there just to look up at me. Actually, flip over a couple pages. Go to Romans 12 first. Romans 12 first. Let me, let me pull the classroom really quick. Are you ready? How many of you would define yourselves as saved, born again, children of God? This is not a judgment call. This is literally you define yourself. I need to see your hands nice and high. Those of you who would describe and define yourselves as saved, how many of you have had a, ever had an evil thought? Do you ever wonder how you can be saved and have an evil thought? Well, we already, we already defined that your soul is not saved. So just because you're born again does not mean that evil thoughts aren't going to come in. Which is why the Bible says in Romans 12, 2, here, let's read it together. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Okay, how am I going to be transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Stop. The reason why we can be born again on Sunday, go home, see something on the television, and have an evil thought Sunday night is because our minds need to be renewed. Old habits die hard. 
You ever had an old habit before you got saved? Now, you guys are pretty young, so I don't know, but, but you ever had a habit that before you got saved, and then you got saved, and it's like you still can't, it takes some time to break that habit? Most of the adults know what I'm talking about. They have a habit. You, you, you get saved, and all of a sudden, you find yourself still doing the same habit. It's because it takes time to renew your mind. Just because you're saved does not mean you're, gonna, you're, you're not going to have an evil thought. But when the evil thought comes, you have a responsibility to renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? By getting the word inside of your heart. By getting the word inside of your heart. Because as the word is in your heart, you're going to meditate on it. It's going to get in your mind. As it's in your mind, it's going to come out of your mouth. So when that thought comes in, whatever thought it may be, and it's contrary to the word of God, it's contrary to being born again, you have an option. You always have two options. You either accept that thought, like when I was first saved, I used to think, how do I really know I'm saved? How do I really know I'm born again? What if I die? Am I going to go to heaven? So I would throw up what I call those Hail Mary prayers at the end of the night. Dear God, if I happen to die, please save me. Because I, I really didn't know that I was saved. I didn't have any justification. But what I realized is that every time I, I had that thought, Kurt, you're not really saved. Oh, wait a minute. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creature. Old things have passed away. Everything is new. So I, I'm a new creature today. I am saved. You see, I have an option to either accept that thought that the enemy plants or accept the word of God. Just because you're saved does not mean you will to do right all the time. How many of you are saved again? Let me see, born again. Ever disobeyed your mom and dad? Hands up. Just because you're saved does not mean you're not going to disobey mom and dad. Because, this is what I want you to see. Go over to the book of Romans chapter 7. I want you to see this. Remind your neighbor in case they fell asleep. Say, wake up neighbor. And grow up. We need to grow up. Read Romans 7.15 with me. Are you there? Say yes. For, don't miss this now. For what I am doing, I do not understand. I'm going to read that again because you got to, let's read together. Follow me. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, I do not practice. But what I hate, that is what I do. Have you ever felt that inner conflict? Like you know you're supposed to do right and yet you're just doing wrong. You ever felt that inner battle? Like you know, you know it's proper not to yell at mom and dad. But while you're at home and they're irritating you, all of a sudden it just comes out and you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong, but you just, you kind of will to do, you just, you're fighting against yourself. Just because you're saved does not mean that you will to do right all the time. But I want to show you some scriptures. You're in the book of Romans. Actually, can you go to the book of 1 Corinthians 9.27? Go over just one book. I want to show you some scriptures. Because you're not going to will to do right all the time. But Paul has given us a great word. And 1 Corinthians 9.27, are you there? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. As a baby Christian, I used to wonder how in the world am I going to get myself to line up. I know my spirit's born again. That I finally accepted. 
But how do I get my body to line up? How do I stop having these feelings? How do I get my soul to line up? Well, read this right here. We're talking about willing to do what's right. You're not going to always will to do what's right. But 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul is writing. He says, but I discipline my body. Can I tell you how that translates? I beat my body into submission. I beat my body down into submission. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest after I have preached, I might be disqualified. Here's the truth. You're not going to will. You're not going to want to do right all the time. But you have to take the word of God, renew your mind with the word. And as you renew your mind, you've got to get your flesh under submission. Your spirit should be ruling the flesh, not your flesh ruling the spirit. If you find that you're more flesh conscious, if you find that you listen to your body more than you listen to your spirit, it's because you have fed the body more, more than you have fed the spirit. Let me, let me help you understand. They say that children, the kids upstairs, children are much more susceptible to hear from God. Do you know why? Because their spirits have a direct connection with God. They haven't had their minds muddied by all the chaos of the world. And when you're younger, you can hear the voice of the Lord like this. That little inward witness, that little speaking on the inside, you can hear it like this. But when you get older and you start to choose, oh, I don't feel like listening to that voice. That voice becomes muffled a little bit. And so it's a little bit harder to hear. And many of us in this room have questioned, how am I going to hear from God? But we just don't listen to that inward voice. Some of us call it a conscience. And every time we don't listen, it gets muffled and muffled and muffled. It's speaking and you can't hear it anymore. That's the problem. We have fed our flesh more than we have fed our spirit. It's the reason why children have a more direct connection with God because their minds and their flesh haven't been muddied. But think back to those times when you felt like you should, you felt your little conscience, your spirit, your spirit was telling you not to do something and you violated it and you violated your conscience and you didn't listen. Every time you don't listen to that inward voice, that voice is getting quieter and quieter. Not because it wants to, but because your will is pushing it down. And as your will pushes it down, you hear more of your will and your body than you do that spirit. So we said that your soul is your mind. You have to renew your mind. We said that your soul is your will. And if you find yourself that you're living more by your will than your spirit, it's because you've allowed your, your will to speak more. We said that your, full, your soul finally is your feelings and your emotions. In our culture right now, it's the reason why our culture is dying. Because we're listening to our feelings rather than listening to our spirit. We're listening to our feelings rather than listening to our spirit. Just because you're born again. Now let me ask you, when you're born again, what part of you is born again? When you're born again, what part of you is born again? Everyone's got to say it loud. You're not going to leave today without knowing this. When you're born again, what part of you is born again? Okay. What is not born again? Soul and body. We're going to have this. If we learn one thing today, this is what we're going to learn. When we are born again, it's our spirit. What is not born again is our soul. Who are you? You are a spirit. No, 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 no. You are a that's, no, listen, listen very carefully. <laughs> listen very carefully. Say it with confidence. You are a? Spirit. You live in a? Body. And you have a? Soul. Let's do it again. You are a? Spirit. 
You live in a body. And you have you are a spirit. That's the real you. You live in a body and you have a soul. Your spirit's born again when you're born again. Your soul and your body are your responsibility to get those to line up. The last part of your soul that I want to talk about is your emotions, your feelings. When I got radically saved, I really struggled because I, there were some feelings that I had. I didn't necessarily feel that abortion was wrong. I could not put my finger on it. I grew up in a Christian household, but for some reason, I had accepted that ah, abortion, sometimes you just need abortion. Uh, how, I was radically saved, and yet I had not accepted that abortion was wrong. Yet every time I looked into the Word of God, I could see clearly that abortion was murder. And I kept struggling, and finally, what I, had, what I realized was that, wait a minute, my spirit's been born again. The reason why I'm struggling is because my feelings haven't been lined up with the Word of God. So I did this. God, I need your conviction on abortion. I need your conviction. And it was my feelings that wouldn't line up. It was my mind that wouldn't line up. And God was so gracious that He used my feelings, part of my soul, He used my feelings again to get my feelings to line up. I had to see some images of some partial birth abortions. I had to see some images of abortions in order to realize this is wrong. As soon as I saw those images, my spirit just went, and I realized, oh man, that's why this is wrong. The heart of God just oozed out of me, and I realized, I can't believe I ever thought it was okay. Because my spirit knew it was wrong. But my body and my, my soul didn't understand it because I had listened more to the world. Let's read verse 21 of James again. James chapter 1, verse 21. We're going to read through as we close up this morning. You are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. When you're born again, it's your spirit that is born again. It's the very reason why you can be saved today, go home tonight, and commit the same sin you've been committing for 10 years. Because your soul and your body need to be brought into submission. James chapter 1, verse 21, Therefore lay aside all malice and uh, all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Don't miss this. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets the man the kind of man he was. Many of us who come to church on a Sunday and a Wednesday and barely listen in class but hear the word and not really, are not really becoming doers of the word, many of us who are like that are like people who look into the mirror to see what they look like and then walk away and immediately forget who they really are. Let that sink down for a minute in your spirit real quick because that's really important. If you're going to grow up spiritually... If you and I are going to grow, if I was to really ask you, many of you who are Christians, you want to do the things that Jesus did. You, you want to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. You, you want to see people be healed in your family. You want to see people be saved in your family. You want to see the, the, the bondage broken off of people. You do. You want to see that. But we can't just sit around and expect that it's going to fall from heaven. We need to grow up. We need to grow up spiritually. 
You're not the leaders of tomorrow, guys. You're the leaders of today, right now, in your homes and in your schools, at your workplace and on the basketball court or wherever it is you hang out. You are the leaders of today. Your friends should clearly be able to see in you that something is different. It is high time that we started growing up. Don't die a baby Christian. If you don't grow up, no one can make you grow up. God has saved your spirit when you were born again. It is your responsibility to get some maturity and to grow up by accepting the word. Accept the word and receive it with meekness because it's able to save your souls. Paul said, what I am doing, I don't understand. I don't understand why I do what I hate to do. Sounds like me a long time ago. Why am I still doing what I hate to do? You can come to the place in your life where sin is not controlling you, but you are controlling sin. Even before Jesus Christ came, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, when God is talking to Cain, he said, Cain, sin is knocking at your door. It is right there. But you should rule over it. Could you possibly believe that you could have the power to rule over sin? You do. Your spirit does. And if you find that you keep falling into the same sin, it's because you need to accept the word, renew your mind, and get your soul to line up. That's our job. God has already saved your spirit. It's our job. So as we accept the word, we begin to believe the word. As we really believe the word, we begin to act on it. I'm not expecting you to get everything we discussed today, but God has planted a little seed, a little word in your heart this morning, and if you accept it, it'll grow and it'll produce much fruit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for these young men and women. I thank you that they're not the leaders of tomorrow. They're the leaders of today. They are strong and bold. They are confident and conscious of your spirit. Lord, I pray for these young men right now that they wouldn't be so tossed to and fro like children and carried about by every wind of doctrine, but that they would be real men. Not the real men they think they see on television, but a real man of God. A real man of God. I pray for these young ladies that they wouldn't be striving after what they see on television, striving after these fake women, but that they would be real women that they would recognize they've been handcrafted by the creator of the universe. Father, I pray for all of us that we would just accept that your word is true, that we would believe it's true for us, and that today we would begin acting on it. Thank you for these things in Jesus' name.